Hello, Character Arc listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we watch a movie. We will give a brief synopsis of that movie that is colored by our opinions of that film. And then we will go into a general discussion where we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and give some changes if we were the ones making the movie, and then move into our final thoughts. I'm Richard Bertelson. I am Ted Hong. And this week, we watched something a little different. It was not a theatrical release. It was a premiere on Netflix, El Camino. Yeah. That's the uh, Breaking Bad movie, by the way. I don't know what to tell you. I ain't said like 500 times already. I have no idea where he is. Don't know where he's headed either. North, south, west, east, Mexico, the moon. I don't have a clue. But yo... Even if I did, who wouldn't tell you? Because I've been watching the news, same as everybody else. I've seen that little cage of his they kept him in. I heard about what all they did to him to make sure he kept cooking. So sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No way I'm helping you people put Jesse Pinkman back inside a cage. All right, we're going to hit you with some synopsis. Synopsis. Synopsises. All right, I have two, Ted. I have two as well. Bring it on. Like the Wild West. Pew, 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 pew. So an El Camino has the front of a car and the back of a truck. Boom! That's a good one. Also... Wait, wait let me tell you mine. Let's, okay. Let's alternate. Okay. The other one is uh, El Camino, bitch. And, okay, good. <laughs> um, my... We're gonna. I guess we call this the more serious synopsis. Uh, is human pet runs away from home and finds a new life in the wild. I like that. In the wild, yeah, Alaska, yeah, yeah, Alaska, <laughs> the last frontier. Uh, my synopsis is Ginger Matt Damon buries nice housekeeper in desert. My favorite part was when he, after he gave that line, he was so proud of himself. He gave himself a head nod. He's like, yeah, that yeah, is that's a character. <laughs> That is a character who is so oblivious to who he is He's... and what he does. <laughs> um, first off, Ted, let's go to did you did you enjoy this movie? I I did enjoy this movie. I thought it was brilliantly shot. Every frame a painting. Like everything was just picturesque. Uh, the use of the foreground, the background. Like even though it was slow paced, the the amount of information in a shot that was just shown was just amazing like it kept it kept me engaged honestly i mean yeah there were some jokes that i made while watching but overall just amazing yeah i really liked it too and it's a weird thing because i for one to touch on what you brought up i i was a little weirded out by the fact that it had it was extra widescreen and by that i mean like it had letterbox on a widescreen tv which means it was more than 16 by 9 which is not terribly uncommon now movie theaters have a wider aspect ratio than even widescreen home televisions but what weirded me out about that was the fact that this movie was never to be released in theaters it is specifically made for netflix so why does it need to be why does it need to be in that aspect ratio but as you said though that the width of the frame is so well used it is there is there are layers. Oh my there's God. always like these things bifurcating the frame. There's things in the foreground, there's things in the background. There's there's such an incredible amount of detail that I'm I won't say is always thematically purposeful, 
but the details add this kind of like when you mentioned a painting it it just adds this visual flair to almost to every second of this movie yeah and i think you can say that the width probably says something about the vast expanse of the west this movie takes place right. in new mexico the vast array of options that Jesse maybe has but also doesn't have, which I think is also enumerated in the idea that often the the frame is very wide, but he is often boxed in, too. He often has some kind of line separating him from what is going on in the foreground or background. Right, the central focus is, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, they, yeah, there was a shot where we paused, and it was right when they were standing in the uh, the door frame and just the way the lighting from the background lit them and created this sort of outline of each other. It was it, it was wasn't so... a silhouette exactly because yeah. you could see features, but it was more like a it was more like a a halo effect. You could see their features around the edges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could probably pause this movie a bunch of times and find things that you would proudly hang on your wall. So um, good. This yeah. is actually, I, I kind of think this is one of the most visually pleasing movies I've seen all year. It's just beautiful. If not longer, it is, yeah. it is a gorgeous movie. It um, is gorgeous. The cinematographer knew what the fuck they were doing, for sure. Um, I actually have some questions for you, Ted. I, will, I have some questions for you, too. Let's just quickly talk about the title before we i feel like that's pretty surface level why name it el camino when it's clearly a misnomer well clearly well for at the most basic level jesse pinkman gets away um oh by the way this is i mean i mentioned it was the breaking bad movie but um it does it does i just want to mention it does take place immediately following the show right out of the gate um and he does escape in an el camino from his captivity and he tries to hide the El Camino. It does actually kind of... I kind of got the feeling that would be the the main MacGuffin of the film. Like, this is the main thing that he has to do. But immediately... Not immediately, but quickly, that is no longer the issue. It's just right. him getting away. The El Camino mm-hmm. is not important anymore. So, do I, we were talking a second ago. And the question we came up with... Because an El Camino is one thing in the front and another thing in the back. Does that, does that represent something? Is that Jesse? But I kind of felt like... Well, no, Jesse doesn't really. Jesse's a wreck. He doesn't present that he's not a wreck. Or I feel like Jesse is what he is. He is he is being honest at all points in the film. I have no I have no concrete opinion on this yet as to why they would name it El Camino. Apart from maybe it was just to uh, keep it all under wraps. My question is... Hit me. This movie, it has high stakes, but it is paced very slowly. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, to give the listeners a little bit of background, I love Breaking Bad. I have not seen the series since literally the finale aired. Ted watched it a little more recently. In fact, uh, just finished rewatching it. Yeah. So he's a little closer to the series than I am as far as like being familiar with all the content. But the movie is very dependent on you knowing, which was fine for someone like me who's seen the series, but not for a while. It gives you just the right reminders that this is what's happening, that it called it back to me just fine right but if you didn't see the movie i think i would love to say that you'd be fine watching it you probably would there's a decent amount of tension built and there's a there's a conflict that's established within the film Mm -hmm. but i think you would probably not appreciate it quite as much so me being kind of distant from the series a little bit even though i loved it 
and also it being really slowly paced. Why was I never bored? Can you point to me? Because I never was. No, no, I, I, I was agree. never bored. That was the same thing. So I'm wondering, what about the filmmaking employed here? Makes that true where it's not true other times when movies are paced this way or are so esoteric. Right. Well, I think, touching on that first point, I think you're saying that you're wishing that this movie had a better entry point because it rides along what the uh, the momentum from the show, right? But that's who it's geared toward, you know? It's not toward a broader audience. It's for the fans of Breaking Bad. In fact, you know, it right. doesn't even try to mislead you. It's a, a Breaking Bad movie. It's in the subtext right. uh, of the main title. But and you then, could make a, th- you could make you a could. suspense thriller no. that was... About him getting away from like you knew you know everything you need to know. Right. The only play the only places I think that it becomes something that not knowing Breaking Bad becomes an impediment is because it does callbacks that mm-hmm. aren't integral to the plot. I think what you're, I'm almost of the same opinion where it could have been a separate movie that where if you had watched the show you would have a you deeper get, appreciation. You get more from it, but yeah. you also could get just you could get plenty from it if you right, hadn't. Right, right, right. Um, but because it's so attached to the show, I can see where your gripe is. But why was it not so boring? Here's the thing. I think because it's the use of all visual elements along with the sound, the music, the transitions. Um, if I may, also the the acting is pretty phenomenal. Oh, too. oh my God, so great. Um, Aaron Paul is he has a lot of gravitas in this film. I mean, he's just so watchable. He oh, he yeah. feels real. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, when it opens, it's just the back of Aaron Paul, right? Of Jesse. He's looking off onto this the mountainside or hillside uh, across the river. All you hear is like the the babbling river, the sounds that it makes, and it's really just nothing. Gorgeous, nothing. It's gorgeous. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, it's, the the. But there's nothing going on, right? But it's so tranquil in some way. It lures you in. It's oddly satisfying. I think and, that's right. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, the the visuals are so intriguing and the performances are so intriguing so that even if you aren't completely understanding exactly what's going on or aren't 100% invested yet, you want to be because it is beautiful and it sounds interesting and it looks interesting. On top of that, it makes so it not only does it not does it make use of the background, the foreground, but it also makes of things off screen because we don't know who he's talking to. So again, we're like trying to anticipate. So we are actively engaged in something that's so mm. slow paced that we are not bored. Very good right? point. There's always there. And I, I think that's true of every scene. Uh, now that you bring that up, there is always some minor mystery. It is not, it is not this massive thing that you, you're necessarily completely aware of that. This is what you want to know. Right. But it's just a little thing. Why is he searching the apartment? You learn through flashbacks why he's searching for the apartment, but you don't know immediately. Right. I actually and then, have a gripe with that. But go on. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Go ahead. And then where where is it? Because then once you learn what he's looking for, you learn where it should be, but not where it is. Right. They even, that dialogue that he has with, uh, what's that character's name? Is that? Todd? Todd. Yeah. Uh, um, Ginger Matt Damon. Ginger Matt Damon. Yeah. Because okay. uh, then... Todd actually says something that is almost like this cryptic clue of where it might be. And then he gets sort of interrupted by the police, who you think are the police, but there's something weird about them. So you're like, what are they doing? Are they, what about these police are odd? The the movie does always, it's never, and I will say, I felt tension, but I never felt like intense tension. I never felt the kind of intense tension even that the show achieves sometimes. Right. It was like... 
it wasn't like a season finale of a show. It was like a, a good middle episode of a show, weirdly yes. enough. You're right. It does feel like a middle episode is what it does, where it's just kind of like starting to build up the tension. But your this, the tension never feels like, oh, it, shit. It just right. feels like I feel uneasy. I feel curious. I think what they could have done, and if it oscillated a little bit more, because I think the flashbacks kind of slowed it down more, hmm. even though like it was fine. Like It was, it was still wonderful. The flashbacks definitely slowed it down. What I was hoping, if it were, okay, so this kind of borders on to change, where I would have shown the flashbacks from A to Z and then have him go to the house. Because we don't know, or to the apartment, we don't know why we are looking at Holly and Rose Road, right? Eros, however you say the word. Eros. Eros. Right, Yeah. And we don't know why, when he's looking up, why that's such a fixation. Um, but then we do find out that that's where he knows, that's where he lives. He kept track of that detail, right? He's very crafty that way. I wish they had shown all of the the, the flashback first so that when he goes back, it like it's more intense. Now we know he's going in and looking. And I have to say that he, Vince Gilligan does a great job in terms of uh, showing how time has elapsed. He does a lot of the time elapsed. Type yeah, of, he does yeah. literally do yeah. time he lapse. He does, yeah, uh, video, time lapse, yeah. yeah. And so in that, the, he did the one shot. It was like a over the top where he is looking in every room. Oh, that and was awesome. That, that was a great uh, Minority shot. Report shot. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, was that was that an elaborate set? Was that a compositing of videos? Right. Who knows? But it was <clears throat> fucking cool looking. <clears throat> My voice keeps cracking. <clears throat> Here's the thing, though. I kind of disagree <clears throat> with you on that point. I think that the the teasing in and out of the flashback is what builds that mystery that I was talking about. Because otherwise, it's kind of a boring scene because you know exactly what he's doing. See, and this. And then, so what, you take 20 minutes of him looking through the house, but you know exactly everything there is to know about it? We, so here's the idea. We watch him go into, we watch him enter the apartment, right? We know that the old man, the nosy old neighbor is coming up. So we keep that. We go in, we have a shot of the bookcase. He goes over there. We are anticipating that that's where the money will be, right? Oh, uh, while you were describing this, it made me think about when he said, I'm going to have the money here, right here, and no one will know. Mm-hmm. And it's right when he's sitting at the, the, the stupid little table. Honestly, he's facing the refrigerator, isn't he? He's facing the fridge. Yeah, and it's right behind Jesse. So I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's right there, um, which is great. But why, that table honestly did not fit anything else. His, his apartment was super weird, but I yeah. think his, he is a character. Is, I'll, I'll get back to that, though. I, I would like for you to talk about I would like to him. talk to him about his, uh, yeah, talk about him as a character, too. Um, yeah, because now what it does, I think it's just another form. It's just like a, you know, just a different flavor. Because it's essentially keeping all of the elements, but I think it would have made the pacing a little bit more. In fact, you probably could have cut out some of the shots of him looking at things because mm-hmm. I feel like he's tapped on the wall a few times more than we needed. We could probably assume he's a he's tapped all of the walls to find. Well, you can see the house. The, the apartment's destroyed, so you know what he's done. Yeah. Um, which I would normally... That would normally be my opinion, but weirdly enough, I I recognize in my in my mind that the pacing is wrong, that it takes too much time, but in my heart, <laughs> it works fine. And it's, no, uh, it works fine. I'm just saying, well, okay. Yeah. It here's works the fine thing is that itself. the movie never feels like you wasted time. Meaning right. even though, again, it's such a simple plot. He just needs to get out. That's all. That's literally it. But 
you kind of mentioned the nosy old neighbor. That's another, that's like a construction of the story where it's like, here's this thing that's kind of funny, but it actually becomes a moment of severe tension later because, well, actually, it's tension first. You see him first when he's Mm -hmm. spraying the plants in the background out of focus, which again, the depth to every image in this movie. Jesse's trying to break into this crime scene, and this old man is spraying the plants slowly creeping towards where he would be able to see Jesse. Which I almost, I, like, I chuckled to myself because, like, what a, it's like a predator coming up, but it's also just this innocent old man who right. doesn't mean anything. But every time something did happen, even, like, when old Skinny and Badger gave him a chunk of money, like, it came back, like, a full hour and 30 minutes later, exactly mm-hmm. what that money meant to him. Right. The movie touches on a lot of things that the pacing feels or seems poor because you but it's consistent because you're not always sure what you're watching that it's important or that it means anything but i would argue that the vast majority or all of it at some point you are satisfied that the movie said yes it meant something right no i think that's one of the the great things about where vince gilligan uh, comes into writing and directing but i think because the whole concept is that he's on the run which already entails already is implicit that he there's a sense of urgency he has to be quick he has to go unnoticed right so he has to be really crafty so i like the idea of him like sitting underneath the overpass waiting until it was night right and he went in right all of that i that's that's where i'm talking about the urgency the stakes are all there but if you had done it just a little bit i'm okay so don't get me wrong the movie was great already Mm -hmm. i'm just saying that you could even tighten it a little bit. And you could have, have made it more intense. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's Where, not an intense movie. It has moments of tension, but it's not an intense movie. It's, not it's more intense, of a, yeah. It's more of a movie about establishing a feeling in you than mm-hmm. it is about making you tense. Or, right. And I, I would have to say, because like the show, there were times where it's like, oh my God, shit is happening like this second and it has to. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, this movie never did that. I agree. Right. It didn't I really agree. oscillate in terms of intensity, but the overall consistency of the movie was just wonderful. Vince Gilligan knew exactly what he wanted you to see and feel at every moment, and he executed it. Everything was very deliberate. Um, yeah. I think you can definitely, as you are doing now, I think it's debatable whether that is the best way to do it, but he had mm-hmm. a vision and he executed, and he executed it. it. Yeah. Which, as I'm saying, yeah, like it wasn't bad at all by any means. However, I think some things could have been improved on. I agree. I mean, I think that goes to, I think that goes to what I was kind of teasing at about it being, if you never saw the show, could you appreciate the movie? I think if you if you make some of the changes that you're talking about, you could appreciate it more as a separate thing. Yes, we're on the same wavelength right now. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, because I was about to add that point. Because this is where we were talking about, like, where if you had seen the show, you would have a deeper appreciation of the movie. But you could essentially have that as an entry point to make you want to watch the movie or the, the show in all of its five seasons or six seasons. But I really guess. the movie, uh, yeah, you could either, this either could be an end cap to the show or right. it could be a really tight suspense. Yeah, film. yeah. because it picks up, it, it starts right out of the gate, which means it's all not in real time. Um, that would have been more intense. No, but the timeline is very right. short, though. Mm-hmm. This movie it's takes very place short. in a few days. He goes to the apartment and searches it. And then he goes to the old man dry, uh, the old man vacuum cleaner salesman. Yeah, those two scenes are most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, 
but they are See, and that's what i'm saying where if it oscillated in terms of like intensity and then the more thoughtful kind of scenario where mm-hmm. the dialogue uh like between him and the the vacuum salesman uh ed galbraith it's 48 hours at least yeah. because he does go to his parents house at night between those yeah two scenes, exactly so. No, he goes to the great. He no, no. He goes to his parents' house after the vacuum cleaner salesman. It's two gets nights. the guns, and then at that night is the same night that he goes to the candy welding, which is a fucking great scene. Um, this is one of the last major points I want to hit on, but I think it's gonna help you talk about what we wanted to talk about. But I'm gonna I'm gonna approach from a different way, which is Todd. Okay. But, I, but before we talk about Todd specifically, I want to talk about how this movie. I think one of the reasons why the pacing is kind of low key is because this movie, and even the show to some degree, is about how banal, like, how just boring and run-of-the-mill, like, evil is, or crime is. Like, this movie... How unassuming it can be. It's something that kind of sneaks up on you. It's not this romantic thing where you're, like, living a life of crime. It's, no, you're just alive, and shit around you is fucked up. Right. And... This movie is very, I think all of the flashbacks with Todd are very careful about, hey, Todd's a fucking creepy, awful person, but Todd's just living his life. Todd doesn't, it's just like Todd is not trying life, to be evil. He's not trying to be this murderer or drug kingpin or anything. I mean, he is to some degree, but he's just, to him, this is how he survives and this is just who he is. And even when Jesse goes to um, Ed, who is the guy who can provide new identities at the vacuum cleaner shop ed is like this is business this is just what i do you either meet the requirements or you don't it's not it's not this big crazy adventure it's yes or no can you do it or can't you and the movie is constantly in that mode of this is just these are just people living their lives they may be meth dealers they may be human traffickers they may be thieves they may be you know smugglers but they're just humans Mm -hmm. and to interact with them is not this big grand thing like fucking scarface or something it's just they're just humans and that's something that i would like to add because it establishes this world where it's like it's normal but it's not it's not romanticized so it gives me this idea of sort of although this is romanticized the example i'm about to give which is john wick but it's the idea that like these things have been in existence for quite some time. It, you really get that feel mm. that this is how they go about their day to day, and what they what lengths they take in order to maintain it, right? That thing, uh, yeah, the John Wick thing is what you're saying is these characters aren't waiting for Jesse to walk up. They're just in the motion of what they're doing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's which, clear that they're doing that. Yeah. Which I think is what makes it so rich when the interactions happen, and it makes sense. It's not like. It, okay, I think the case is that we are saying that it does not feel contrived is yes. the case. As some like some movies will, like, they are made specifically for that interaction or that scene for this person. Now, these things had always kind of already been ex- in existence. It's a very natural presentation. Right. I would just touch really quickly. Um, I'm going to move towards a favorite scene. First, I will just say we talked a lot about the cinematography, and one thing that comes hand in hand with cinematography, and we also talked about lighting, is also set design. The sets were very specifically chosen to have depth, um, to have like I'm thinking of the the final showdown in the in the film, most uh, which is a room full of pillars um, for people to hide behind, for them to be in front of the frame, for them to be behind the frame, Mm -hmm. and for them to align in certain ways with the characters framed within them. Mm -hmm. So the set design is also. It's easily ignored, 
the idea that oh well someone They're just in this place some They're fancy artist room. like pointed a camera at this well no also someone chose that place for the artist to point the camera at right uh but it's not a favorite scene but it is i would say my favorite shot of the film which is where the quote-unquote cops who aren't cops um come the one is searching the back room while jesse is hiding and the cop goes leans down to pick something up and the barrel of Jesse's gun emerges from, from the, the shadows. Yeah. And it oh, is yeah. that was a that was a tight one shot. One of the coolest fucking shots in a movie in like the last five years. It's just right. it is just gorgeous. Oh, it's so good. Honestly, I, I liked where things ramped up. Like after he had gotten the money, the way the fridge is angled right toward the window where you can see people coming through now the, the silhouettes right so it just builds tension again it's the complexity of the frame yeah and it's, and it's just so good and i i guess i will say that that's my favorite scene as a whole just because like even they're they're not cops and when that is revealed it's not surprising no. because there are lots of hints that they're not there cops. were hints yeah when you yeah i was gonna say because when i thought back on it he did call him lieutenant, and I thought maybe that was just something that they both knew. Because I was almost convinced that they were cops. Although, I will say that with, uh, what's it, uh, Neil, the main guy who gets shot at the end. I thought it was kind of weird the way he was dressed. Even with the jacket. Like, for some reason, his shirt stood out to me. I agree with you. It's not something a cop would wear probably no, to but, a job like that, yeah. But the guys, the uh, the other guy's mustache just sold it on me. I was like, oh, yeah, he's a cop. cop. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. And by the way, when I say, uh, you know, for... For the listeners, like when I say it's not surprising that they weren't cops when you learn it, I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean that like I could believe either way. Right. Meaning right. once they revealed it to me, I was like, yeah, that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, that makes which sense. Which is actually mm-hmm. which is why it feels so natural, which is what you mentioned earlier, Ted, is because it's not a it's not a shocking twist for the sake of a shock. The writer didn't decide that. These characters decided that. Then what we saw from them, it is it is real. It is a real progression. Right. And I think what cements it is that when you actually see the two cops at the end where uh, Ed Galbraith, when he calls the cops, they're in full police uniform. And it's nothing like the windbreakers like the other guys right. wore. So, it's everything matters. Everything in yeah, the movie matters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite bits. Uh, I got to say the humor in classic fashion. fashion Todd's character. <laughs> the dark humor. Honestly, I just I just love it. Um, to the 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 shoe dropping out of the rug, and him throwing it in um the belt when he takes the belt out takes of the, the belt with the belt that strangled his maid. Yeah, he's like, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I They're it. rolling her up in a carpet as a dead body, and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Unroll her, and then he takes the belt off her neck and places it immediately in his pants, like right. on his yeah. on him. He wears like it. it's nothing. <laughs> um, although I will say that I wish they would have done more in terms of making Jesse because it didn't quite translate, but. I understood it because of what I had seen in the show, uh, making him feel more powerless. I know they they tried to show that when he grabbed the gun from the glove com- compartment, and like that he's he's mentally broken. He's broken, right? And uh, I think what would have would have would have really made that hit home was kind of this would you would have to take a shot from the show, which was uh, oh crap, I just forgot her name, Brock's mom. If they had shown her getting shot, because it was, or at least emphasized, they they show that toward the end, a picture of uh, Brock and yeah. the mom, walk, Andrea, I think is her name. In the letter he gives to Ed. Right. Yes. Uh, that's toward the end, right? Yeah. And I wish they had shown that, because they do flashbacks already. They might as well do something where it's visually striking for us to remember what's at stake. Or 
like okay, they do that when he was showering, right? It was just a brief moment. There was nothing. It wasn't connected to anything else. It, he just made the association from taking a shower to getting, to getting fire hosed. Yeah, yeah, by and his also, captors. Yeah, when he's lying in bed to seeing what he thinks he's used to seeing, which is the tarp on the bars. Um, but then he realizes he's in a room and he feels trapped. It's communicating this idea of like PTSD to you in yes. a way that's pretty effective. Like it's it's quick and it's intense. Yeah. And, and so you automatically get the message, yeah. which I wish they would have done for that scene when he gave up. Like it shows that he his will had been broken. I mean, personally, I would have liked to see like to have seen Jesse stand up at a time when he was still in submission i suppose like that scene like i wish not that i would have liked it's kind of weird it's conflicting because i would i think if todd had overpowered jesse i might have sent a different message i don't know i haven't quite decided i think if he tried to to fight back and he was overpowered then it would undermine the change that he makes which he does become more empowered by the end of the film yeah because he is very weak when he begins the film Mm -hmm. and he does when he's in that final scene he has and he's uh, having that showdown, that kind of old Western-style showdown. He has thought things through. He is confident. He does know what he's doing. Right. And prior to that in the film, he's more desperate. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would have undermined, if he had that confidence earlier, the, are you ready for it? The character arc. <laughs> Booyakasha. Um, where, did you have any things that you didn't particularly like? Because there were some things... I mean... In terms of production quality, the story, it was great. It was just more of because time had passed that I have certain some I have certain uh, nitpicking. Honestly, not no? not really. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, Todd looked like he looked like when he was in Fargo. I just watched the show, so I had noted. I mean, the age thing. I mean, sometimes you can't hide it, but I think they could have done a little bit more in terms of hiding the little pudge that he had. I mean, not. I mean, every. I'm not making fun of him because he just doesn't. This this movie takes place instantaneously after the show, and he doesn't look like he looks like in the show. Exactly. It's a difficult problem because it's like, well, do you recast him? Well, you don't want to do that. No, you can't. But also, five or six years have passed. He's just not the same person. Yeah. yeah. There could have been something. I mean, hell, when they initially showed him, there was, he was just the the silhouette uh, on the top of the tarp. And I thought that, I was like, oh, that's smart. They're going to not show, because I know he gained a little bit of weight, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's now inconsistent from what i just seen, because I just finished the shoot. Here's what I'll say, though. I think Vince Gilligan had had a choice to make, which is, do I shoot this movie delicately around the fact that he doesn't look the same? Or do I count on the fact that people haven't seen the show in five or six years, and therefore I just accept that he is who he is right now? And I think... That the reason why he went with just shoot it the way I want to shoot it is because again, look at the beautiful frames. So he's like, I could shoot, I could shoot him from the shoulders up for the rest of the movie, even right. from you know, yeah, you know, but that would ruin the f- shots I want to make. And then the the jacket that he wore for Jesse, he could have worn something a little bit bigger because he had done so before. It's not out of character. Um, some shots you could tell he had aged, but for the most part, it wasn't a big deal. Um, when they went back and forth with Jesse. I mean, it's clear that Aaron Paul is older than he was before. Yeah. And he's, but 
it wasn't bad. Like I don't think they even tried to hide it in the, no, in the I don't meat think of the film yeah. because I think they just were going off the fact, well, he went through a traumatic experience, so he'll look older. And then when they went back, though, they did try to hide it a little bit. A little bit. And they did an okay job, I thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a... It's not. He doesn't... No, he doesn't look like he's 24 or whatever. Like when but... they... Um... Well, that's where I think if he, that jacket that he wore, if it was a little bit baggier, because it's not like he hasn't worn clothes that are three times his size, right? right? Um, in fact, when he was talking with Jane on the hood of his car, that jacket was large, and I was like, okay, that's fine, right? Because yeah. that looked like there was more of an effort to try to hide physiological changes. There was that shot where he was running back and forth on the track to try to see who would win the bet. Um, he looked a little bit more padded. I don't know if that was... I don't know. Just, that might have had to do with the harness. The wearing. harness, yeah. I think so, yeah. So um, That's a really good scene, too, by the way, just to sort of showing the the mental and physical endurance of being in captiv- captivity. Like, they, they having to... The, it's showing a continuous beating he took without it being a literal beating. It was like he was someone's pet. He, he mm-hmm. was not a human to them. Uh, some other, one other little nitpicking thing, um, just me personally, I just want a little more gratitude. For example, uh, with Jesse and Skinny Pete and Badger, like, I know they kind of silently do it, but I would have liked more of a, a hug. I, I did kind of (laughs) acknowledge that. Like, they, like, uh, Skinny Pete is is literally changing all of their lives to benefit Jesse. Jesse. And, and he just kind of taps them on the shoulder, and it's like, eh. And then I mean, disappear forever. Yeah. I mean, they're... And they've had a history. They've yeah, had yeah. quite a very pronounced history, right? And I would have liked more of that. Sure. I, I understand that. And uh, there's also the issue where it's actually unclear to me how much Jesse is likable in this movie, other than you feel sorry for him. I like him in general, mm-hmm. but again, I am aware of, five or six, depending on how you count it, seasons of a television show. Yeah. Uh, and a movie should always be judged based on what exists within the confines of the film. And it's actually unclear to me, do I like Jesse because of what I already know, bef- what I bring to the film? Or do I like Jesse because I feel bad? For- I, I, do a, I do believe the movie makes me feel bad enough for him that, he's a fi- that, that I can follow it, even if I don't mm-hmm, know anything. Mm-hmm. But is that enough for me to like him? And so to have him express more direct, positive relationships with people he knows who help him might help with that. Yeah, again, so it kind of goes into the John Wick kind of deal, where if this was an isolated movie, like this is a new entry point for people who had never seen Breaking Bad, seeing the reactions of his of other people to him and how he tries to... like I like the part where he was trying to get into the El Camino and Skinny Pete stops him. And even he was saying, no, I got to get this car out of here. And that little conflict where Skinny Pete's like, no, this is what's happening. That was nice. It was a little, it shows that we have characters that really care about him. And he just needs to get out of there. So I would have liked more thanks. Even when uh, old man Ed helped him, I wanted to wanted him just to say thanks. Just it's say a, thank you. It's it like was one a nice of those... little touch to his kind of like... I'm only going to conduct my business if you can pay for it, but also I'm not going to fuck you in any way. Yeah, exactly. He did not screw him over in any way. He misled the police. Um, He told him to grab his money when he was trying to run out. I think this is a very good movie. It is visually striking. It is engaging. I do think that if you liked Breaking Bad, you should definitely see it. I think that if you like filmmaking, you should probably see it, even if you didn't see Breaking Bad. If you have no connection to it, if you just like, I just want to watch a, a crime drama or a suspense thriller, this 
you might have trouble because it is very is very much the thing that it is. Yeah, I I mean, but obviously it's geared toward Breaking Bad fans, yeah. which and it's still effective. Great, in yeah. yeah. Um, if I were to give it a score, I would give it a ninety six. It's very specific. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super good. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Um. You can find us on Facebook at Character Arc, on Instagram at Character Arc. You can subscribe and uh, listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really anywhere you find podcasts. Um, Please do like, subscribe, share, um, rate us on Apple Podcasts. All these things help people find us, and they will all help us continue to do this and also offer more content, which we're getting ready to do very soon. So please stay tuned. Um, I'm Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted Hong. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one, everyone.